the Irish Times business podcast in association with Irish Life. Supporting companies and their employees for 75 years. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. Minister for Finance Pascal Donoghue today announced a 1 billion euro plus package of measures for next year with a little bit of something for most people. Joining me in the studio to tease out these measures are Cliff Taylor and Fiona Redden of the Irish Times and Liam Diamond, a tax partner with professional services firm PwC. Uh, but first of all, we're joined by our deputy political editor, Fia Kelly from Leinster House. Uh, Fia, you've been getting the reaction of politicians. It seems to me to have been one of the most leaked uh, budgets of recent years. Were there any surprises in it for you? Not particularly. I think the nature of how these budgets are formed these days with uh, Fine Gael and the independents on one side and Fianna Fáil on the other means that a lot of eyes have uh, sight on this budget before it's announced in the doll on budget day and uh, a lot of information gets out and so approved again this year. There wasn't much by way of surprise in it. I suppose the one thing that I did find surprising was the announcement by Minister Dunhu, that there will be an exit tax on of 12.5% where a company kind of migrates or transfers assets offshore. That was the only surprise that comes in at midnight tonight. Uh, I think I, I imagine that was held back for various sensitivities. But apart from that, it was kind of as flagged. Small measures in income tax, USC 4.75% rate cut by a quarter of percent, uh, the threshold at which people hit the higher in- uh, rate of income tax rates by 750 euro, and then large um, kind of increases in public spending across the board. Big revenue raising measure as expected was the abolition of the 9% special VAT rate for the hospitality sector. A few carve-outs will remain at 9%, such as newspapers and sporting facilities, but that's going to bring in $466 million in 2019. So basically, the budget was built on the back of that tax increase, causing a bit of controversy. Uh, lobby groups are out decrying it, but there is a huge amount of political consensus across the door for that move. Fianna Fáil say it has to be done. The Labour Party had it in their pre-budget submission as the Sinn Féin. So there was only a murmur in the in the chamber, barely a murmur, when the minister announced that particular measure uh, uh, during his budget speech. And there were quite there was quite a focus on housing, quite a number of housing-related measures in the budget. What's been the reaction around Leinster House to that? Because obviously we're in the midst of a housing crisis, and the government is under a lot of pressure to try and and get uh, construction moving. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones where people are still going through the expenditure report to see exactly what they have announced and exactly how much of it is new. Like, for example, Pascal Donoghue says he's allocating $1.25 billion for delivery of 10,000 social homes in 2019. Now, a large proportion of that is pre, pre-committed, so we have to wait for the breakdown of that. In total, the Department of Housing is $2.3 billion uh, for a housing programme. Uh, that's broken down along numerous other issues. The big one is that this 300 million over three years for an affordable housing scheme, big ask for Fianna Fall. It's going to be funneled into the uh, services fund, which is already in existence to basically bring sites around the country up to standard where they can be developed relatively quickly. There's also 60 million in capital funding for homelessness. So people are still trying to drill down into the housing announcements. Like you say, a lot of money has been thrown at this problem over the last number of years. Fianna Fáil made a big play in the lead up to this, which is to make it in making it easier for councils to build social homes. That's an ancillary announcement in the budget. We've yet to have a proper look at that as well. So on the housing front, we still have to drill down into it to see what exactly is new today and what's been bundled from the past. And he said, Pascal Lunny, who said this was a budget that made Ireland Brexit ready. Do you buy that? Um, 
how do you make Ireland Brexit ready? Like, you know, we have the funding that was already announced for extra customs officers. He's saying that the public finances are on a sound footing as we approach Brexit next year, that we're ready for any shocks that may come our way. We have the rainy day fund now up and running. But there's nothing particularly new in this budget that makes me think that Brexit is is on the horizon immediately as it is. Like in, in fairness to the government, there's not much they can do apart from the things they've already announced, such as extra customs officers, etc., etc. We still don't know the shape of Brexit, but I think they're kind of pitching it along the lines of this is a sensible budget, it's prudent, it secures the public finances while caring for social need. And on that footing, they're saying, look, this is preparing us for Brexit. And finally, Fiak, is this preparing us for an election, in your opinion? I don't know is the honest answer. That's 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 the kind of million dollar question around here today. I personally think it's not a gimme, gimme, gimme budget. It's very much along the lines of what we saw last year. The pattern was set last year and was followed through this year with minor income tax cuts, increased in public spending. Uh, one big revenue raising measure last year was stamp duty on commercial buildings. This year it's the abolition of the 9% VAT rate. It's not an election budget as far as I can see, but that's not to say we won't be facing into an election in the medium term. The confidence supply agreement between Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael is due to be reviewed. It may be extended, but there is a kind of niggling suspicion around Leinster House that if we get a favourable Brexit deal in the next few weeks that the Taoiseach may fancy his chances and go to the country. Fia Kelly at Leinster House, thank you for joining us. All right, Cliff Daly, we heard there from Fia Kelly getting some reaction from Leinster House. It strikes me that this was a budget with a, a, a little something in it for everybody. Yeah, uh, which I suppose does play the pre-election tune a little bit. Uh, I, I think one of the issues was that a lot of the money a lot of the leeway in the budget had already been pre-committed to extra spending, to extra investment spending, for example, and extra public sector pay and uh, all the other things that the government has to spend money on every every year. Also, particular spending pressures in areas like health and housing. So that left, I, I guess, relatively little for the traditional package of tax cuts and welfare increases. So the actual cash gains for people are, are, are not huge because, as you say, the minister decided that rather than focusing on one or two areas, he would give across the board he did some income tax measures which will benefit uh, lower average and higher income workers via changes to the tax band and uh, USC rates. Those welfare rates going up by a fiver. He increased welfare rates by a fiver. Uh, so every, everyone, everyone getting a little bit. In both the tax and welfare categories, if you drill down and look at particular cases, there are, there are people who will do significantly better. So, for example... If you're looking at income tax, uh, the uh, earned income tax credit, which can be claimed by the self-employed, is going up by €200 Euro, uh, next year. And uh, the home carers tax credit is going up by 300 So if you, if you were somebody, for example, who, who was self-employed and had somebody at home, you, you, know, you might be looking at 13 14 €14 extra a week. But for most people, it'd be a good deal less and the basic increases would be less than you know, five euro a week for, for a middle earner looking looking at the, the sums and what has been done. So, so not huge. Yeah, and an extra billion plus for health, for health spending. Yeah. It's um, a huge increase. It is. You know, it would be interesting to see what, if we can get any sense of what discussions went on behind the scenes because we understand there's been a lot of tensions in relation to the overspending in health in the last few years and particularly last year where the overspending was 700 million. And worth noting, I think, that that would have thrown the budget sums off course had it not been for uh, the big late increase in uh, big corporation late tax. corporation tax. So you would think that if, if another increase has been granted next year, and obviously part of this is to do with the Slauncher Care Programme and the introduction of, of new policies in that area, that th- there were very serious discussions had about the department and the HSE staying on track 
back next year. Given the very vast increases in spending in the area in the last few years and the likelihood that the minister is not going to have the kind of once-off gains that he had this year, you know, repeatedly in the future, that uh, it could get quite nasty next year if, if, if health starts yet again go over budget. Uh, Fiona Redden, take us through some of the personal taxation measures. Hi, Kieran. Yeah, so as Cliff mentioned there, um, there are some key, key winners. I guess he mentioned self-employed. They're going to benefit 200 less in tax they'll pay next year. So if you're self-employed earning 55,000, that means you're going to save 450 over the year. And if you had um, a spouse at home, you're going to save an extra 300. So that's 750 euro for that family. That's meaningful. It is meaningful, yeah. And on top of that, actually, I mean, what's interesting was their new provisions on childcare because they've increased, I guess we mentioned that they increased the standard tax band up to about 35,000, which we should know is back now at 2008 levels. So it's kind of approaching the high that was reached in 2009. But of course, not everyone pays tax at the higher rate of tax. So you'll have lots of people on the standard rate bands. So to give them something back, I guess, they increased the thresholds of which you can benefit from childcare. So that means that someone now in 30,000 a year is going to get um, an allocation of 1,000 a year, which is quite meaningful to someone at Mm. that level. That's pretty much free month in creche for that person. So that's um, meaningful for them. But then if you take your typical squeeze middle couple on about 55,000, they're going to save 150 a year in tax and 102 in reduced USC payments. So you get your fiver a week, which is... What about the high earners? Because there's always a lot of folks on the opposition benches about targeting, um, you know, the people mm. earning 100,000 plus, really hitting them harder in the pocket uh, to pay for social measures. Mm. They didn't do anything in this budget, but I mean, they didn't. There is a 3% surcharge for self-employed earning more than 100,000. And there have been repeated lobbying efforts to try and get rid of that because it's seen as unfair as for someone in the PAYE sector doesn't pay it. And they did leave that in. And the minimum wage is going to go up and again they're going to be effectively excluded from the tax net. That's right, yeah. He moved to increase the USC um, threshold so that they won't pay any more tax. They'll get to keep the earnings. But we should stress as well, I mean, with the standard rate, you're going to get your five or a week, but with inflation and everything. Yeah. Is that a real benefit to anybody? Sure. Um, and uh, landlords, um, they're getting uh, a tax break. Uh, yeah. or, or it's that been brought forward, at least. It's been brought forward, yeah. And it's, it is quite meaningful because in previous years, they've increased. It's the amount of interest you pay on in your mortgage if you're a landlord. Now, we should stress, I guess, about half of landlords don't have a mortgage, so it's of no benefit to them. But if you have a mortgage, you, before you could only take a 75% of that interest you pay and cut it off your tax bill, then it increased to 80%. And now he's gone from 80 straight up to 100. So if you have, say, 2000 in interest you pay in your mortgage every year. Last year you could only take off 1600 now it'll be the full 2000 Only 29% of us know how much we need to live on in retirement. Irish Life is changing that with Empower, a new approach to company pensions that helps change the way your employees think about their future. For more, go to irishlifeempower.ie or talk to your pension consultant. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Irish Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. All information sourced for Irish Life June 2015. Now, Liam Diamond, uh, let's look at maybe some of the measures affecting business because there were some uh, SME targeted measures in this budget, uh, particularly around uh, share options. 
Yeah, so I think we had the keep measures introduced uh, recently and I think the uh, the Minister for Finance has listened to some feedback on that and certainly is looking to push up the I suppose the, t- the, the limits, the bans, the, mm. the amounts. So Just explain to us how this works. I mean, ultimately this this is for private, you know, SMEs, unquoted companies and it's to, I suppose, to try and give them a chance to use share-based remuneration to, I suppose, retain or find or keep talent. People. To yeah. incentivise people, yeah. And I think this this really just gives them a chance to, I suppose, bring share options and the, I suppose, the reward associated with such within our capital gains tax regime at 33% versus paying 52, 55% again, depending on where, where that individual is at. So a key, I suppose, a key benefit to private businesses that they look to hire and retain people. And I think it's welcome that some modest changes have been made to that. Now, what about this exit tax uh, on the movement of assets by corporations? Explain that to us. What's the import of that? Yeah, I mean, maybe a little surprising that it came out uh, in the budget uh, with effect from midnight tonight because, you know, the, the, the Department of Finance have flagged this for a number of years now. It's very clear that Ireland has committed to strengthening our exit tax rules in line with the EU directives and and the BEPS process. So there's nothing particularly surprising in the announcement of the measures, maybe a little bit earlier than we had planned. And in the corporation tax roadmap that was published back in September, the minister did acknowledge that there had been lots of feedback from taxpayers around aligning the rate for gains of 12.5 with the rate for profits of 12.5. So I think it's probably a welcome measure, maybe just a little bit earlier than some companies were expecting. Right. Anything else in there for businesses that caught your eye? Um, I mean, again, I think uh, to pick up on, on Cliff's team, there's a little bit sprinkled here and there. I mean, some some reliefs like film relief, startup corporate tax relief extended by a few years. Um, interesting to note in both the exit tax and the control foreign company rules that are being brought in, no anticipated yield from them. So not anticipated necessarily to be revenue raisers. Um you know, companies on the payroll tax side, again, are moving to real-time reporting from 1 January. Uh, 50 million anticipated as compliance-related revenue there for Irish revenue. So I think, again, companies need to be focused on being compliant as and from 1 January so on this payroll. this is money that wouldn't otherwise have come to us. But because the revenue is now going to be able to look in on a real-time basis yeah. into companies' payrolls, exactly, uh, they're, they're going to be able to say, well, now, hold on. They're anticipating that money. they will collect something, yeah. Yeah, right. Interesting. Um, and I think apart from that, I think most of the measures you've called, but I think uh, are talked about already, certainly for, for, MS, for SMEs, particularly around the country, I think the VAT rate is going to be the, yeah. the hot topic. What about the crowdfunding? What was he getting at there in, in relation to crowdfunding? He seems to be hinting at stronger regulation. Yeah, so so clearly I think th- th- there's a move to look to, I suppose, formalise and regulate crowdfunding. And I think he w- what he was making reference to was once that happens, possibly looking to alleviate some withholding tax concerns that might be there in the system already around the ability to do crowdfunding. So I suppose we need to see the regulatory piece first and then it seems like he's indicating he will look to some tax measures to, to help the position and as And this well. has really grown in Ireland over the last number of years, hasn't it, as yeah, a way absolutely. to raise money, uh, small businesses, small enterprises, yeah. I guess, in, in yeah. particular. Cliff, did we drop the ball on climate change? On Monday we had a fairly stark uh, warning from the United Nations that unless we take some radical action, uh, you know, the the world, the planet is at jeopardy. And Ireland is one of the biggest offenders, I think I'm right in saying, in European Union terms, most certainly in terms of uh, pollution and uh, emissions and so forth. And th- there was talk uh, recently yeah. of, a, of increases in carbon tax, but it hasn't been borne out. Yeah, surprising in a way, because uh, the Taoiseach himself had expressed a commitment on a number of occasions to increase in carbon tax in the budget, which would basically mean an increase in tax, the, tax, the price on fuels with the more 
polluting ones going up by most. Uh, it had been kind of seen as a nail day uncertainty for budget day. Now, I think there was possibly some kickback in terms of hauliers, etc., in advance of Brexit. Uh, obviously, higher diesel prices would be an issue for them. But nonetheless, you're right, uh, it, it would have seemed like in, in the context of the environmental agenda, uh, a, a pretty sensible thing to do. Um, the only environmental measure I spotted in terms of tax was the 1% uh, charge on VRT of diesel vehicles, which is going to apply from the 1st of January next year. Is this on road tax or is, is this no, when you buy the vehicle? when you buy the vehicle. So, so it's, new vehicles. Yeah, new vehicle tax. So that, that will increase. So if you already own a diesel car, which is... Yep. Polluting Absolutely. the atmosphere. You can pollute away you happily. Can pollute away, right. Yes, exactly. But yeah, I was surprised at that. And uh, it just seems like an area where there's been a lot of documents and a lot of studies, but we don't really have a kind of a thought-through strategy which is actually being implemented because uh, increasing the price of polluting fuels is one of the basics, I guess, in terms of, uh, in terms of addressing this issue. Yeah. Am I right in saying, I think I heard him say he was in, he was extending the benefit in kind for the, for the, the hybrid, hybrid vehicles hybrid and, yeah, so and extend, so extended forth. that for another three years and looking to uh, push out VRT relief for, for, for those new cars until the end of 19 as well. All right. Uh, Fiona, the old reliables, uh, just really fags hit. Yeah, up 50 cent. That's it. And it's 12.70 now is the... Uh, package of 20, uh, package I think. Of 20, that's quite... A, you're talking about, what, four and a half grand or something a year if you if you consume a, a packet of fags a day? Yeah, it doesn't encourage people... Does it encourage people to stop? I don't know. Yeah, Cliff, does it lead to smuggling? Probably will. I mean, one of the interesting things that he's done is uh, that if you talk about this for a few years now, he's uh, also bringing kind of a minimum pricing regime on cigarettes so that the ones that are being cheaper. sold cheap, more cheaply and I guess would be more popular among youngsters and roll-ups as well are going to, are going to have bigger increases. So I guess uh, f- f- from the point of view of a health measure, you know, it makes some sense. Uh, I think we've probably got to the points of point of diminishing returns with, uh, with, with, with tobacco tax. So I haven't actually looked at how much is penciled in this year to raise from it, but I, I expect it's fairly modest. So we are talking about something with a, with a health reason rather than a, a specific revenue reason, although it still does raise, in, in total still does raise significant sums for the Exchequer, sure. but maybe just not a lot more now in future than, than, than is raised now. Cliff, we should say that the, uh, the the VAT rate on hospitality has gone up from 9% to 13.5%, so yeah. it's going to impact on hotels and restaurants, but it's, it's been left at 9% for newspapers. And it has. It's been reduced uh, from 23% to 9, 9% for online uh, media. Yeah, it has. It has indeed. Which is important for our industry. It is indeed, yeah. Important to uh, to recognise that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> better get online. Well, indeed. And, uh, well, our, our print circulations are still going down, um, listeners. So, uh, you know, go out and buy our budget <coughs> supplement on uh, on Wednesday morning would be my advice to you. Eileen, were there any surprises in this budget for you? Um, <clears throat> I think the, the exit tax maybe just being a bit advanced time-wise was the main one for corporates. Um, I think, again, probably... While we've heard lots of, of uh, climate proofing and Brexit proofing language, I think the, I suppose the Irish SMEs probably would have been maybe expectant or hopeful that something might have been done around entrepreneur relief to, I suppose, at least make it a bit more competitive versus the regime in the UK. So we have a reduced rate, but it's only on up to one million. And he didn't move uh, on that. And there was nothing I've, I've seen in the documents so far on that. Yeah, sure. Um, interesting, Cliff, that he said th- there was 700 million in corporation tax, which is essentially a one-off. It won't be repeated next year. Yep. That's in the figures for this year. And he's going to use most, if not all, of it for the rainy day fund. Yeah, he's, so the 700 million has, was came in this year isn't, isn't being counted in next year. And Why is that? 
because it was it was judged as a one-off, uh, it came in uh, due to changes in international tax rules. Uh, we're told uh, IFRS 15 to be specific, which changes the um, date at which uh, companies have to recognise uh, certain revenues. It appears to be particularly related to the software sector, where obviously there'd be issues if you're selling licences to customers or if you're selling through third parties, there'd be issues about when you would recognise that revenue in your books. Uh, so very surprisingly, uh, this led to a huge one-off gain for the Exchequer. I understand that companies make preliminary pa- tax payments twice a year, June and November, I think it is. Uh, and Liam uh, is nodding here. Liam is a tax partner, of course, you know all, all about this, Liam. Yeah, no, keep going, keep going. I, I, and I was going to say that uh, presumably, we're presuming here that in advance of the no- November payment, the revenue were on to some of their big clients. And one of them said, well, by the way, you're going to be getting a lot more from us this year than you had expected. But the minister went to the revenue and said, look, you, you need to tell me, how do I deal with this next year? And the revenue said to him, you know, you can't count that in as likely to recur next year. It's, it's, it, it is a one-off of a bringing forward, if you like, of, of money uh, from, uh, that would have, been paid, um, would have been paid at a later date. So... Corporation tax is kind of, it's, it's roughly doubled the past four or five years, it hasn't has it? It's doubled since 19, 2014, yeah. Yeah. So is this sustainable? Can we rely on this? Good question. I mean, the revenue have told uh, the minister and uh, report on by Seamus Coffey have, have told the minister that, that in broad terms it is. Uh, if you were to look for the downside to it, uh, about 40% of it relies on 10 companies. Uh, so if, if you looked at Sectoral issues, for example, in the tech sector uh, are issues in regard to US tax changes. Uh, you know, is there a vulnerability there to our tax base? You know, I guess there's always a vulnerability when a small number of people are paying a large percentage of your tax. There's no specific reason we can see at the moment, you know, that that threats in the short term. We've got a huge boost over the last few years from companies bringing their IP assets to Ireland and paying more tax here on the basis of the earnings of those assets. So, uh, you know, that's been that's been a huge plus to the Irish Exchequer. And no, you know, no, no particular reason why that's going to change in the short term. But as ever, if you've got a small number of companies paying a large amount of your tax, you know, you do have to you do have to be cautious. Fiona, some measures as well around uh, parental leave, paid parental leave. That's right, yeah. An extra two weeks um, in the first year of babies, after a baby's born. And he did say he hopes to increase that up to seven weeks. So that's very positive. But I mean, I guess we had paternity leave introduced a couple of years ago and the take-up figures of that have been low enough. So it's a good measure to introduce. It won't necessarily cost as much, I'd expect, as you'd why think. Is, why is take-up being low, do you think? Well, because people can't afford it in a lot of cases, because you get, what is it, 230 euro a week, but that's all you're getting if your employer doesn't top it up and your wife is also um, out of work. Right. Just financially, I can stack up. Now, also, there's a cultural issue. Yeah, sure. And on the welfare side, uh, he's uh, restoring the 100% Christmas bonus for OAPs and other welfare recipients. Yeah, and an extra five euro in the state pension from next March as well. Right, so that's to be uh, welcomed. Um, Liam, just overall, what are your thoughts on the budget? The minister described it as a responsible, sensible, a caring budget and that he was going to balance the books next year. Yeah, I mean, I think probably there was maybe more of an expectation from business and based on recent commentary that we might actually do that this year. And certainly in some of our pre-budget surveys, I think a lot of the business community were calling for uh, maybe moving to the balanced books this year. Um, I think overall... um, there's probably not, as as with recent years, there's not a huge amount of surprises here for, for the business community other than the exit tax timing. 
And as I say, probably a little bit of disappointment in some sectors that some of the things they've been looking for didn't actually come through. What about the finance bill, which will be published in a couple of weeks? Should we be looking at, are there some measures that might be slipped in there? Yeah, I mean, there's always some measures that come through as, let's call it technical amendments that mightn't be worthy of mention on budget day or or mightn't be as high profile. Um, Who knows? I mean, there may be additional tweaks that will look to raise revenue that come through in the budget. And certainly we'll need to see later today or over the coming weeks what measures, what the legislative provisions around this exit tax. So lots still to look for in in finance bill. Okay. And Cliff, finally, does this have the smell of a pre-election budget too? (laughs) To an extent it does. I mean... uh, You're a veteran of these occasions. You've seen many of them before. Too many, too many, Kieran. Uh, Look, where are the political pressure points? You know, we know where the political pressure points are. They're, They're health and housing. Uh, and I think, you know, the minister has tried to address both of those in uh, in his budget today. But as Michael McGrath, the Fianna Fáil spokesman, said in his response at start of his response, it's all about delivery. So from a political point of view, if you're giving tax cuts to people, it's in their pocket. Are they grateful or not? You know, who knows? But But they have the money. If you're spending extra money, people still have the question, well, is that going to lead to an increase? Is that going to lead to more houses? Is that going to lead to less queues in the H&E? Sorry, the A&E. Is it going to lead to uh, my my elderly relative being able to get a hip operation in a reasonable reasonable period of time? So I think it is politically, uh, it it is all about delivery. He spoke eloquently about all of this new infrastructure that we're going to get, you know, more hospitals, more schools, uh, you know, more roads, more public transport, uh, etc. He didn't say when, obviously, or how we're necessarily going to pay for it all uh, or even where but nonetheless it sounds great it does I mean one of the this is one of the ongoing costs of the bust really to us that uh, we stopped spending on capital projects near enough for three or four years now you know the the economically correct thing to do I suppose would have been to cut day-to-day spending and try to maintain investment spending during during a recession but politically, that would have been, you know, probably been impossible. And there were significant cuts in day-to-day spending as well. So, but this is the cost. And the cost now is that we've huge deficits. We've deficits in housing, roads, whatever part of our infrastructure you want to look at, we've, we have huge deficits. And we're trying to catch up. And as, you know, as Liam was saying, we, we're probably, we're in a position where ideally we'd be starting to spend a bit less now because the economy's booming and we'd, we'd be storing up a surplus because some of the international signs are a little less optimistic than they were but we have no choice but to try and address some of these issues so um, the Minister will keep his fingers crossed we'll all keep our fingers crossed and hope that a uh, hard Brexit is avoided next March because I think that's the real if, if, if you want to find a risk That's the point. cloud on the horizon isn't That's it? the cloud of the horizon yeah. and uh, you know that could lead to a jolt next year and I think it could lead to a lot of the costs of Brexit being kind of brought forward Yeah. Uh, so let's just hope that's avoided and we can, we can. What are your clients telling you well, about sir, Brexit? Again, when we canvassed them just before the budget, um, it was, it was I, I would say in the main, it was about the housing crisis and the difficulty for employers to attract and keep the right people in Dublin particularly. Um, and I think, again, notwithstanding all the, all the discussions around interna- international tax and, and trade wars, it was all about Brexit and the concerns about that. So I think they're the two biggest sort of, let's call it economic and tax pieces that companies really are worried about. 
Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to Fia Kelly, Fiona Redden, Cliff Taylor and Liam Diamond for their contributions. Jennifer Ryan produces the show with Declan Conlon as sound engineer. Don't forget you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our business today email at irishtimes.com and you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter and Facebook. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care. 